Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your french fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast network. Hi, I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support, because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm here with Josh again. Yeah, I'm right here. And Josh, since he's in a relationship, said he wants to talk Whoa. about relationships. Oh, right under the bus immediately. He's like, you know, maybe we should talk about recovery and relationships because, you know, I waited years to get in one and I'm like, <laughs> I didn't. I'm so interested. I want to know your story. So I think we're going to have a couple different perspectives talked about here. Yeah. Um, I do believe that it is really difficult to get into a relationship if you don't care about yourself. If you don't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? You know, um, for me, maybe it's because of the way my recovery came. Mm -hmm. You know, I always, uh, you know, say there's multiple pathways to recovery. My recovery came through Jesus. And I believed that, you know, I got saved at the exact same time I got sober. I went from being agnostic to belief. And I believed that I was a new person. So when I looked in the mirror, I wasn't looking at an addict. I wasn't looking at uh, a convict. I was looking at um, something that was created anew. I was looking at a new crea- creation. I, I liked, I've always liked the Latin word tabula rasa, uh-huh. uh, which means like clean slate. Uh-huh. Because to me, that's how I felt is I got this brand new start. Mm. Yeah. And so for me, my relationship... Uh, now, I will admit, my, my pickers are broken. Mm, and what bad. I mean by that is I could walk into a room with 99 sweethearts and one person who will treat me like crap. And every time I've been like, oh, I can fix her. Um, and in the process, when you use a broken tool to try to fix anything, at the end of the day, I just made us both worse. Yeah, so true. And that's how my relationships always were. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to let a computer algorithm pick my girlfriend. Really? So... Um, I was a couple months into, maybe a month into my recovery, and I I went on eHarmony and answered their questions. And the way eHarmony does it, and this isn't a commercial, um, but I liked it so much. I'm not only a customer. No, I'm not the president of the company. But but I did like what it did. Basically what it did was it asked you to all these questions. And you can lie. Um, I went on a couple dates before I met my wife. I met a couple people in public, Uh in person. Um, I think that was actually plenty of fish. I tried plenty of fish, and yeah. that's where you meet people I've in person. Heard that's a nightmare. It, it was horrible. Oh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you said you were so sweet, and you are a complete lunatic in real life, <laughs> and not the good kind. 
I mean, I'm crazy, but at least I'm the fun kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Um, I'm only a part-time knucklehead, not a full-time one, and I was meeting these people that swore they were part-time knuckleheads, and they were pretty much full-time knuckleheads. So I went to eHarmony, and eHarmony has you has you ask all these que- answer all these questions, and I answered all these questions, mm-hmm. and then it matches you up with people, and if you want to, you can connect with somebody, and if they choose, you kind of send them a thing, and then it sends you guided questions, where it will send you a group of questions that mm-hmm. you will answer and send back to that person, and then they'll send you their answers. Do you know what they look like? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Man, it's been uh, 11 years ago. Wow. Um, well, 10 and a half years ago. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't remember, honestly. Uh, huh. But what? I, but I remember us going back and forth answering these questions. I don't think it does show you. And then wow. eventually you're like, hey, I would like to meet you in person. Wow. And then you meet that person in person, you know, and, and then they, they bring you together slowly. Wow. But the cool thing was I'd already kind of gotten to know her. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it that was really cool is um, I had decided, once again, being, um, I don't know any other way to say it, being a whore was part of my addiction. Sure. Um, I started using drugs at an early age. I started using the summer before seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and sex came right along with my drug use and my alcohol use, kind of and it yep. expanded over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it sucks that, that men are kind of looked up to. Mm-hmm. And women are looked down to for having the exact same lifestyles. You know, yeah. I mean, because you're, right. you're not a whore, you're a stud. Right. Right? Isn't it um, crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. Well, it's just one more way that we fundamentally, you know, not to get on here and talk about sexism, <laughs> but it's one more way that we fundamentally hold women down. Right. And hold them to a different standard than we do men. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's insane. The, the same guy that would kill mm-hmm. the male teacher for sleeping with his daughter would high-five his son. Right. For sleeping with the teacher when both of them are heinous because you have somebody who is in a position of authority abusing that authority, right? Um, so so it kills me the way that we've created these double standards. Yeah. But once again, I digress. <laughs> I'm gonna pull myself back. <laughs> Look, yes. I'm back on the tr- I'm uh-huh. back on the tracks. <laughs> it's just completely different tracks than I was right. on before. Um, I mean, and now my tracks are in my conversation, not my arms. <laughs> <laughs> Progress. <laughs> <Badoom>. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, and I, so because I had seen me being very promiscuous as part of my addiction, mm-hmm. and because I'd made this deal um, mm-hmm. and made some promises uh, based around my recovery, which you can listen to my testimony and kind of hear what those things were in an earlier podcast, um, I went into it knowing that whoever I dated, I was not going to have sex with them until we got married. So smart. And and here's the and thing. Biblical. You know, and, and after I talk about this, then we'll get to yours, and then we can just kind of throw everybody under the bus. Because <laughs> um, in all honesty, um, most relationships are stupid, unless they're mine. <laughs> right? Uh, everybody's like, no, you should never do that. I mean, I did it, but that's okay. Right. Right? So um, but... If I got into a relationship with somebody and on the first or second date we have sex, mm-hmm. um, I'm no longer, and, and I, I say this as a male, you may be different as a male or a female, I say this as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've noticed with a lot of other people in relationships, if I have relations, um, but if I have sex with somebody pretty quickly on, I'm no longer 
getting to know them. I'm no longer sitting down and having these great conversations. We have sex on our first date. Right. Our second date, the whole time I'm with you, all I'm thinking is, hey, when are we going to have sex? I remember last time we were together, we had sex. And it was really good sex right. because I like sex. Yeah. So there's no such thing as bad sex, right? right? It's <laughs> sex. I like sex. So when are we going to have sex? And that's all I'm focused on, all I'm thinking about. Yeah. Whereas if I get to know somebody, then I can actually see because the truth is uh, sex is going to go away. Yeah. So. You know, I hate to say it, but... Uh, as somebody who's been married for over a decade that has two children, trust me, um, sex starts off all the time, right? right. Yeah. Uh, and then over time, it kind of slows down. It's like anytime you have a, a brand new toy, you start playing a new game and you're locked <laughs> into it. You're like, look at this game. This oh, game is so awesome. It. This is my favorite toy to play with. I'm going to play with it. I'm not going to break it. It's so amazing. But uh-huh. after a while, that new toy kind of ends up in the corner yeah. um, mm-hmm. because something else comes along. So instead of having a new toy, I built a relationship with this person. And when that toy came in, Mm -hmm. our relationship wasn't predicated on that toy. It wasn't predicated on sex. Our relationship was predicated on me knowing her, me loving who she was, me taking the time to get to know her. And because of that, I mean, I think we've got a rock solid relationship, the kind of relationship where... You know, um, since we've been together, uh, I think one time she took off for a week to go to, um, it's more like a week and a half, um, to go to uh, Vietnam wow. uh, to film a, vi- uh, a video. That's crazy. Yeah, she, she's awesome. Also, uh, if you're going to do a relationship, always make sure, always marry up. Always date up. Date way well, above your level. I feel that. Um, and... For those people who we're dating up to, I will tell you this. Know that we would never cheat on you because we know we will never find another person <laughs> like you. You're so far out of our league, we would uh, never screw that uh, up, uh, ever. Uh, uh, and we love you the best we can. Amen. There you go. So that's what you get, and we get all of your amazingness. Yes. But yeah, so so she's been able to go away. Um, she takes off sometimes for a day to go film stuff, and a lot of times it's her and a guy named Ricky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'm never like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that they're driving alone together and blah, 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 blah. You know, I take off for a week Mm -hmm. and there's never a worry with her. Oh, my God, he's cheating on me. You know, so having that trust and I think we have that trust Mm -hmm. because we built a rock solid foundation for our relationship. And, oh, my gosh, if I could date her and not sleep with her for a year, why would I sleep with somebody that I'm only with for a day or two and vice versa? You know, I love that. So, so what about you? How was your relationship now that you're in one, Mr. Braggart? Wow, now I'm bragging. Tell um, us all about Brooke. You're a better half. <laughs> I don't know if she even knows I'm recording this right now, so this is going to be I don't a even know if she sure that she's your better half. She's like, I'm not his half yet. I'm a whole. He's a whole. Oh, man, that's good. We are still coming together. We have not come together <laughs> to create halves. Amen. We're still holes. Amen. That sounds horrible. So still complete people. <laughs> we're, we're co- I'm a complete person. He's a complete person. We haven't become... Half of a completeness. Oh my oh, goodness! No. Yeah, that was great. In Jesus' name! Um, <laughs> Don't bring him into this right now. After that, you can't laugh at that oh and then bring him in there. Gosh. So, um, I waited years, you know, and I think I waited years for uh, different reasons than you did, just because I had so much legal stuff to work through. I had so much I couldn't even state. No stability, zero zero stability in my life because I had to keep. Traveling back and forth between states to take care of all the legal issues I had, and so I, I didn't, I couldn't do it, and um, and I don't think I was ready. As a, you know, I was horrible at relationships. I mean, horrible, you know. 
And um, I think God had some maturing to do with me. And uh, I think that's what he did, you know. And um, oh, when's that going to start? Right. <laughs> I'm hoping. We're hoping for next quarter. Dude, you're maturing. aging like cheese. By that, I mean you stink. Um, <laughs> Quit ruining when I'm trying to talk. No, be this serious. My bad. Sorry. Yes. Um, and you were saying. All right. Let's cheese, cheese. Um, so. It's no good. Uh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Recovery and relationships, especially beginning in recovery. I mean, we even uh, um, in a lot of recovery programs, it's really frowned upon to to even be in a relationship. Get a plant, get a fish, get a yeah, dog. Right, and you, we're talking about that movie. Yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely the truth. Um, and so I, I waited, I did, and um, you know, I've met someone, and we uh, we talked for months, you know, before we decided to do anything, and we what we ended up doing was we. Um, we fasted for food for three days, her and I, about what it is that, you know, you know how fasting, you know, in, in religious and spiritual and with the Christianity, the fasting, the whole idea is that we're giving up something that we're dependent on in order to, um, to get closer to God, you know, to sacrifice that in order to, to create that, that, um, that communication with God. And we did that for three days so that we, um, we could uh, see what God was telling us. And then we went on a week fast from talking to each other and to see what God spoke to us individually. And then Mostly. I mean... It, it, they might have both volunteered as a thing. I'm going to throw you under the bus. Right now. <laughs> I mean, that they did see each other briefly. They both volunteered for the Thanksgiving and we were dinner good. that we did for the recovery community at the center, yeah. which was awesome. It and was. we kept them in separate corners. <laughs> I mean, literally, she stayed, she stayed over there. She's like, I'm not. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, and we did that. And we came back. And, you know, to be honest with you, um, it was a struggle for that week for me. It was a struggle because I didn't know what she was thinking. And um, I knew what I was thinking. I knew what I wanted. But what if she didn't want that? And I had this, you know, this insane fear of rejection. And um, we came back after that week. And uh, I felt like God had put five questions I needed to ask her. And um, I went through those questions. Who, what, when, where, why? (laughs) (laughs) Each one of those questions she answered yes to. And that fifth one was... um, well, the first four she had to answer yes to first. And when she answered yes to the four... Was it Tombstone? It was. Have you seen Tombstone? And did you like it? Can you quote Billy Madison? I mean, there's important <laughs> rules in our life. I know? mean, Tombstone <laughs> was one of mine with my wife. <laughs> it was. It was. Oh, yeah. Thing. I'm like, uh, so do you like to move to... That's like a deal breaker. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, she may not have gotten proposed to if she wouldn't have said yes. Not steal your time. I'm sorry. Put <laughs> on okay. your timing. That's seems okay. to be like Congress. Um, is. This is my five minutes. Right. Oh, I'm going to filibuster. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> um, and... Uh, the two of the questions I'll talk about. One of them was I asked her if it was okay um, if uh, if this was what God wanted. He wanted us to be together. If uh, if I did not kiss her uh, until she had a ring on her finger, and um, because in my life boundaries, especially physical boundaries, I'm a very passionate person, um, had been always always ran right over. And so I feel like that's something God set up solid in my heart that I had to have. My wife will tell you she knew mm-hmm. that I was the one. Um, our second date, we went on we went on a bike ride mm-hmm. together, and I went to her house, mm-hmm. and we sat on her couch, uh-huh. and I took a throw pillow, like one of the big throw pillows, and I put it between us, uh-huh. and I said, I'm going to put this here because I'm not sure where your boundaries are, and I want to make sure that I don't cross that line. Leave room for Jesus. You know. Yes. Um, there was room for nothing. I mean, it's matter. I put matter between us, right? Going yes. back to matter that we talked about in another yeah, podcast, because yeah, yeah. everything has matter. It doesn't matter. Does it matter? Of course, it, it has matter. matter. Um, but yeah, so yeah, boundaries I think are huge, mm. especially setting healthy boundaries and letting know, somebody know. Because how can somebody know if you don't talk to them about it? So that was right. 
Awesome. That's a good question. What was the next one that you, you'll well, share with well, us? Let's share with you guys. Is um, she she answered yes to the, those first four. That was the fourth one, and the fifth one was um, I asked her if she would be my girlfriend. Oh. And she said yes. You know, and uh, for me, um, all of those were big deals because in my past in relationships, it always been blurry lines. You know, we are kind of together. Maybe we're together, so we will kiss. We'll kiss. We'll go too far. We'll start having sex. You know, and just just one step after another right. led you down the wrong direction. And um, really set up some real clear-cut boundaries and what um what she expects out of a relationship what i expect and um you know her thing is is she wants it to be a triangle where it's it's me and her and god and as we pursue god we, we get closer to each other you know which makes all the sense in the world triangle yes exactly oh y'all are thinking yeah and so um i'm so glad i know and just like you're so glad you didn't because I, I believe that our paths to recovery are, are different but I believe you got to use wisdom and, and, and discernment in that and if you are if you still got warrants if you're still struggling with even staying in recovery um, to pursue a relationship I think is um, is detrimental to that process yeah I do think that you have to get to a point where you like yourself yeah I have to yeah. like who I am you right. know if I don't love myself how can I possibly love somebody else mm-hmm. You know, um, and the other part of that is if I still view myself as all of those negative stigma filled words that we have, mm-hmm. like addict, junkie, convict, if I still view myself that way, you may see me as an amazing person, but over time, I'm going to wear you down to where you see me the same way I see myself. That's good, man. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that, too. And, you know, um, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a very emotional person. Like, I feel things before I even really know why I'm feeling them. And so, for me, I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot. And I don't even know exactly why until I, until I start expressing it. And uh, in, in pre-Atlanta, pre-before I, I overdosed, you know, those, those emotions were anger and hate and jealousy and bitterness and all rage, all those things. And now... These things on my heart. Holy crap. Yeah. I think the office next door is full of bars. Do you hear all that? Wow. Yo, you can tell we don't use a soundproof recording studio to make these. That's awesome. Because I think there's an earthquake or something that's happening. Maybe a tornado is ripping chairs. I'm I sorry to interrupt, but that was just, okay. wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. I was just say my emotions now are so much a more positive place. And being open with communication like that, it's just, I'm in a spot now in pursuing a relationship that I've never been before. So... Do you have to wait before you get into a relationship, like everybody says? Because the, what was it? Get a plant, keep it alive for for a year. Yeah. Get a dog, keep it. I mean, get a fish, mm-hmm. keep it alive for a year, then get a dog. I will tell you now, I, I could kill a cactus if I lived in the desert. <laughs> I love that. Period. I mean, yes. I, I have. Uh, I mean, what's the opposite of a green thumb? Um, Dead thumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> green thumb. What what cover? What color is not living? I have no, no idea. idea. But whatever it is, that's what kind of thumb I have. Mm-hmm. Literally, I look at a plant and it shrivels up. Yeah. So maybe that just says something about my looks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I have, people say I have a face made for radio. That's probably why I do podcasts. Um, but yeah, so for me, I, I think that whole get a plant, get a fish, get a dog thing would have been very effective because I never could have kept a plant alive for a year anyway. Right. I still can't now. Yeah. You know, but but I think it's a case by case basis. But it's about knowing yourself. It is um, knowing where you're at. Yep. And is it in a broad general term? I would I would say yeah. I think you need to wait. I would put the time limit on it too. See if you can do it. Say I'm going to wait a year before I date. I, I think it's good to have that kind of structure and and discipline 
coming out of such unstructured and undisciplined life, you know? Yeah, that may be where me and him would differ. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, you didn't do that, and it worked out great. But then I see so many other cases where people try to jump into the relationships, and, and, and it just they're not ready, man. They're, they're, they are still, for lack of a better term, hot mess, and they need to get unhot mess. Unhot mess. Hot messed. Yeah, hot, hot <laughs> I think somebody's getting beaten with a crowbar <laughs> next door. Right? It's bad. Um, what do we have tonight? Uh, quarter past freckle. Half the <laughs> he looks at his watch. I look at my hand, <laughs> my wrist, where I forgot to put my watch on today. So we're, he's looking at a watch, seeing the day, date, time, and I'm looking at yeah. skin. Um, no, I see stuff. I see those burns right there. Uh, so, oh my gosh, the abuse I get around here. Um, so how much longer is your probation period? <laughs> right. And this, this, this probation period. I yeah. For the job that, so they, they, that you may yeah, or may not so have I know, today. Right? So I mean, you have it today. May, may or may not have, have tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe big smiles. Uh, <laughs> we could get an end date on that probation. An end date, what on the not job? Not on my job, but on the probation. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. He keeps telling me he's not going to leave. <laughs> and you keep telling me I am. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird. In a good way. It's a good way, though. Um, you know, I, I believe that uh, the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess. Sorry. Little Whitney Houston came out of me. I mean, that's what I believe. But anyway, um, but I do believe that it's a case-by-case basis, just like recovery. You know, but I do think it's important to make sure that you, you set some healthy boundaries. To make sure that you don't get carnally involved too quickly. Um, including, I mean, man, that kiss, because once that kiss starts, where does it stop? Right. And the lines are too blurry, man. You know, that, that's a hard one. I mean, fortunately I was with, I mean, my wife was uh, a unicorn, you know, we met in her her mid thirties and I was the first guy she'd ever kissed when we finally kissed. And we didn't kiss for months into our dating, Mm -hmm. which she, she thought was going to be a reason for us to break up. And for me, it was just refreshing to actually know somebody's first and last name before we slept together. Right. It is. <laughs> I'm like, you know, because I, I, I guess that's the one thing I brought in is by the time I got there, to me, sex really wasn't that big of a deal. Right. And you're trained. You know. You've got those neural connections. You're trained to think that this is the way it's supposed oh, to be. Oh, once I kiss you, I know what's happening after that. Yeah, yeah. I don't see nothing wrong. <laughs> actually, I see a lot wrong. Wrong, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> a pump and grind goes yeah. to other places, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So... But yeah, so, ah, relationships. I think that it's, um, like you said, case by case, but I think just in general, if someone comes up to me, I'm, I, or if I'm from an audience, I would recommend waiting. I would. Yeah, I, I did an interview for, I think, uh, Vice or one of those. Mm-hmm. Somebody's doing a, an article on dating and recovery, and most of them were. Definitely. I mean, people who highly encouraged waiting and had waited, and most of those people came from 12-step communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, tend... I, I come from more of a faith-based 12-step community, uh, but it's still a 12-step community, but I, I, I don't know. I think my recovery has always been a little bit different. Yeah. So is my, you know, I, I, I tell people weird things, and I, I don't know, maybe this is one of my quotes now, so I'll just go ahead and Let's say Let's hear it. But, you know, I tell people that I'm too recovery for the Jesus people, too Jesus for the recovery people. <laughs> I tend to be too recovery for harm reduction people and too harm reduction for recovery people. So so, so I kind of walk this, this fine line where mm-hmm. hopefully I can bring people together, you know, and let people see both sides. Uh, 
you know, just because you're a recovery person, I'm a Jesus person, doesn't mean I'm ever going to look down on you or judge you because you don't share the faith that I have. Right. Um, I'm just glad that you're not actively using it. What can I do to support you today? Amen. You know. That's so um, good. The same thing with the harm reduction side of it. Dead people never find recovery. So yeah. if you truly care about recovery, um, then you should want to ensure people stay alive. Right. You know, for me, a lot of my issue on the other side is semantics. But we've talked about that uh, in a future or past podcast, I'm not sure. I don't know. I record podcasts and my <laughs> wife puts them in. So, so, uh, but yeah, I know we've had one, but yeah, most of it's semantics mm-hmm. because I see recovery from a clinical perspective as a as a holistic entirety, mm-hmm. instead of seeing recovery as something as pieces. Right. What right? our relationships looked at like in a clinical perspective. Clinical perspective, I mean, uh, when I worked with people, if they were already in a relationship, I would help them work on that relationship. Mm-hmm. If they weren't in a relationship, I'd, I would always encourage them to work on themselves first. And here's why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is why we say stay out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, because the person I am at, say, three months is not the person I'm going to be at a year. Mm-hmm. Right? Three months into my recovery is not the person I'm going to be a year into my recovery generally. Right. Right. right? Yep. I mean, I had a miraculous transformation. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people do not. Yep. In fact, most people do not. Mm-hmm. So the person I am at three months when I first meet you and we first start in dating mm-hmm. is not going to be the person I am at 12 months. Mm-hmm. So the things that I found really cute about you at three months mm-hmm. are going to annoy the ever-living crap out of me at 12 months and vice versa, mm-hmm. right? And also... A lot of times, especially early on in sobriety, when I'm just abstinent and trying to figure out what recovery really means, mm-hmm. you know, um, I need to focus on me. That's why they say they say recovery is selfish. I don't believe that. I think abstinence is selfish. I think recovery is altruistic. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, sobriety, early sobriety, and if you want to call it early recovery, mm-hmm. that's fine. But when you, you're just starting into... Um, your phase of getting better, of becoming well, you probably need to do a lot of work on you. You do. But when I get into a relationship, do I focus on me? Mm-hmm. Or do I focus on the person I'm in a relationship with? I know it should be. I tend to focus on the person I'm in a relationship with. Yeah. So instead of continuing to work on me and get me better and get so me good. well so that I can have a healthy relationship and be right. a healthy individual, I will start focusing on you and I, uh, instead of me. And then I'll start looking at changes as you as my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on me, I'm going to try to fix you That's good. That's good. instead of me. And I can't fix you right. at the end of the day. I need to get well. A relationship isn't about... It's not a fixer-upper. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I think people, they get into relationships, they date fixer-uppers. Right. They date somebody for who they can be, and you've got to date that person for who they are. Woo! Preach it. And until I figure out who I am yeah. and who I'm going to be for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and maybe not even the rest of my life, but for the next six months, for the next year, until I really start figuring out who I'm going to be, I don't need to be with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still trying to figure out who I am, what I am, what I believe, what I need, how I want to act. Because for most of us, this is something we've carried for a long time. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think we need to separate between people that have, that really don't have a substance use disorder mm-hmm. or people that have mild substance use disorders uh-huh. or a lot of people that are more like, like I think you and me were, who had the 
the severe substance use disorder, the kind of severe that takes treatment, that takes all different kinds of things or takes these miracles, miracles yeah. to happen. Yeah. You know, um, it's not just somebody goes, well, you know, I used to use and I decided I wasn't going to because a lot of times we confuse those. Sure, absolutely. You know, and we look at somebody who, who has a substance, who uses substances right. and somebody has a substance use disorder and that's completely not true. Yeah. I mean, how many people do you know that can recreationally drink? Right, yeah. They drink in moderation. They never have a problem. They have that switch, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I know people that recreationally use cocaine, methamphetamine, yeah. even heroin. It's crazy. Right? I know people yeah. that will use, if they're at a party on the weekend, mm -hmm. they might use, and if it's not there, they won't. Yeah. Um, I know people that, like I said, back in the day, I used to have this couple. Um, they had four weeks of vacation time together. They owned their own company, mm -hmm. and they gave themselves four weeks of vacation. Uh, two of those weeks they took with their kids. Um, and the other two weeks, they took six months apart. And they would take their kids, drop them off at grandma and grandpa's. They would come to me. They'd get an eight ball and a pack of syringes. And they would party for five days, sleep for two, then go pick their kids up. Whoa. They did that twice a year. And those were the only time. That's the only time that they used meth was twice a year. Um, I'm not like that. No. I have a substance use disorder. Yeah. They did not. You know, and a lot of times people don't realize that there's people out there who can use substances and not have the same issues. Right. So sometimes we confuse people who use substances with people who truly have a substance use disorder. And I think that's, that's where the problem comes in. I think you so know, too. Same thing with relationships. Uh, there's yeah. people that could be in relationships and not have to go overboard or to the extreme. Right. But there's some of us that are just always wired to go to the extreme yeah. no matter what. Absolutely. And I think those are the people that really need to take that time and focus on ourselves and figure out who we are and start building our life back. I agree. You know. I think about emotionally. I think when I got into recovery, emotionally, I was like a 14-year-old. You know, I did not know how to handle my emotions at all. And it took some growing up. I talk about this in my, in my story a lot about how, you remember Raising Against the Machine, how they had uh, that one album where the monk was on fire? On, yeah. On cover. Um, it's like that was something they did as a, a protest. They would light themselves on fire in the middle of the street. Emulation. Yeah. And I, I just remember, you know, for Friday nights and Saturday nights and Tuesday nights and, you know, nights after nights that I felt like I was just sitting burning with those emotions, you know, as I was learning how to grow up emotionally. And if I hadn't right. have jumped into a relationship right then, there, I would have torpedoed it. There's no doubt about it. I had to emotionally grow up to, um, to be able to handle a relationship. And I think that's why there's going to be different answers because different people are going to be at different places. Different people are going to have different histories of relationships. Yeah. You know, uh, that's another thing. Sometimes we group people together just because somebody, even somebody that's had a substance use disorder, doesn't mean that they turned into a man whore. Right. You know, um, they may have had those boundaries still, even in their addiction. Yeah. Whereas we did not. Oh. You know, so, but that's what I would say, though, is get to know who you are and work on you and get yourself to where you like who you are and where, where you know where you're going, yeah. Yeah. you know, right. and from there, maybe once I get better, then maybe I can start looking for a relationship instead of saying, Hey, you know what? I mean, I'm just hopping into this thing. So why don't I just hop into this other thing too? Right. And that way we can do all these things all loosey goosey. Yeah. It's not going to work out very well. What so, is it I hear that? Be the kind of person that you would want to date. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you know, and if, yeah. if you can't be that yet, that's okay. I take myself on dates all the time. <laughs> no, uh, you really? laugh. Right. I know. I know. I, I see mean, your AMC. I know. I know how many points you got. I mean, that's why I talked to you about the AMC <laughs> thing. I mean, yeah. I will take myself out to dinner or lunch and then take myself out to the movies. Mm -hmm. If Me you too, can't man. be happy just by yourself, then you don't need to be with somebody else. Yeah. Yep. 
totally you know, I think that's another piece too, mm-hmm. is I've got to learn that it's okay. I don't need you to make me better. Right. You know, and I'm not going to make you better. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, instead of feeling like I'm missing something and that's something else, I would date um, back in the day. It had to be this skinny little thing, this hot little thing. Mm-hmm. I dated because I needed somebody to make me feel better about mm-hmm. myself. Gosh, that's good. You know, yeah. um, and I needed to get over that because at the end of the day, everybody's looks go away. Yeah. And what do they say? Uglies are the bone. It's going to stick around. <laughs> you know, so I needed to get myself to where I wasn't an ugly person anymore. Right. That's so good. And I needed to get to myself to where I was looking more at somebody's inner beauty than I was what's on the outside. So good. Because at the end of the day, I mean, uh, nobody wakes up looking beautiful. No, no. <laughs> you know, but boy, some people sure wake up being self-centered, being pretentious, yeah. being uh, just sucking at life and being a horrible person. Yeah, I agree. You know, and sometimes we get caught up, mm-hmm. right? That's another thing about dating on early. Um, and I know this is running a little bit long, but that's what happens sometimes. Woo! Um, I say that dating, you know, I used to talk to clients back when I was a therapist in Uh group and they would talk about it and I'm like, well, it's kind of like you set out to buy a cell phone, right? Mm -hmm. You want your cell phone to be purple Mm -hmm. because I I worked at an all women's facility for the first five and a half years, you know, so you want your cell phone to be purple and Uh you you want it to be able to fit in an otter box Uh and you want it to, to have a, a, a cameras on both sides and you want to make sure that it hooks up to the internet and has Wi-Fi and you want to make sure that it can play music and it's got good, decent speaker. And, and when you go to buy a phone that you might keep for a year or two, are you going to make sure it has every single one of those things? And if it doesn't have one of them, you're going to be like, Nope, I need something that has everything I want. What do you think? When you go to buy a phone, does it have to have every single feature that you want? Because if it doesn't, why would you buy it, right? For the most part, yeah. I don't, yeah. But yet, we will have all these things, right? Like, you know, I, I want this. I want him to, to be a good guy. I want him to have a job. I want him to have a car. I want him to have his own place. Right. Oh, my God, he's hot. And you throw everything. He's purple. He's and hot. He's, he's got purple. Potential. He's got the color I want. And you throw everything else out. Oh, look, instead of getting an iPhone, I got a flip phone. Right? But it's purple. No internet, no Wi-Fi, no nothing, man. It texts and phone calls. And look, it's got a really crappy camera that they made back in 1972. T9 text. Um, you know, it's a brick phone. But it's purple. Right. So true. So, so that's another problem, right? It is a yeah. lot of times we're superficial. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and we throw everything else out we want for one feature. Yeah. And, and the truth is, it's got to be a package. If it's not a package, why would I date somebody that I'm not interested in spending the rest of my life with? Right. I'm so not twelve. Right yeah, that's so true. You know. Yeah, that's something we absolutely broke and I both ways was that idea that we're not looking to date to date. You know, we're right. looking at a future together. And that's yeah. something that, that's why we took it so serious. That's how I was. I mean, by the time I got sober, I was in my mid-30s. And I'm like, I don't have time to screw around. <laughs> I mean, all the damage right. I did to my you body, I might that. be dead in five years. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, no. I'm going to spend it with somebody that cares about me. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, seriously, uh-huh. that's something else I didn't think about. Yeah. You know. Uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, we've gone a little bit over. Um, any final word on dating? I think that I love that quote, uh, to be the person that you would like to date. And um, that's going to take some time for the most part. You know, it's not exclusive. It's not an absolute that it always does. But I think that it does take some time to be the person that you would want to date. Absolutely. And um, and now you know. Knowing is half the battle. Go, Joe! Yeah, Joe! <laughs> um, anyway, I will. We'll talk to you guys next week. I'll talk to you. I don't know. Um, it'll probably be... Uh, 
10 questions next week because we tend to rotate from topic to 10 questions, topic to 10 questions. Once again, let me know, know if you like the new format of me and Josh talking instead of just me talking. I like it because it's not just my voice. Um, so I like it broken up with somebody else's. Let me know if you do too. And if you have any topics that you'd like to hear, let us know. Thanks a lot. You guys have an amazing week. In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe you would like to be on the podcast sometime, you can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. Uh, there's a Better Life and Recovery page on Facebook, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, B-L-I-R underscore N-P-O. Also, this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about the network at studiodna.media. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week.